0: What's well, good, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Mid Range Game Podcast. I'm your host, Ole Defense 1033. Happy Friday to you guys. Hope you guys are having an amazing week. More importantly, happy Wild Card Weekend to you guys. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but as a football fan, uh, Wild Card Weekend is one of my favorite, favorite weekends. Um, just kicks off the start of the playoffs and especially since they've expanded the field uh, in the last few years for the wildcard teams, you know, more football, two days. Um, what's better, man? It don't get no better. Uh, so I'm going to start off talking about the wild card games and the wildcard weekend first. And then uh, lastly, I'm going to talk about uh, my Green bay Packers i'm gonna put the eulogy on the 2022 season uh but first wild card weekend so many great wild card weekend memories uh for me just as a football fan um, uh, just a lot of great games too um, you know in, you know specifically for me as a Packer fan uh some of my favorite uh wild card memories was a um, we beat the Vikings in 2012. Um, and I know it was fucking Joe Webb or Christian Ponder at quarterback. It was one of the two. And, you know, it wasn't like the, this was like the fucking 98 Vikings or even the 17 Vikings. Um, but still, anytime as a fan, you get to see your team crush their division rival, you know, in the playoffs. You know, on a on bigger stage, you know, it's always going to be fun. And, and, and that game was over by the first quarter. And, you know, we basically, as fans, had three quarters of just kind of rejoice and celebrating the fact that our Green Bay Packers was kicking the hell out of the purple and white Minnesota Viking goofies. I loved it. Uh, another wild card memory of mine is uh, <clears throat> uh happened in 2020. 10 against the Eagles, Um, and, you know, that particular Eagle team uh, led by Michael Vick. Michael Vick was having a career year, uh, the best year of his life, Um, you know, um, and that Eagle team had prime D-Jack, Shady McCoy, who, you know, in his era, man, he was a top five back, Um, and they had a really good defense, and I just remember that. That Eagle team being so explosive with Vic and D. Jack and Macklin going down the field, Uh, that was a very good team. And you know, for my Packers, we, you know, in midway point of that season, we they weren't even in the playoffs. You know, they were five hundred. But the Packers went on a run, uh, edged out the Bears to make the playoffs, and you know, our reward for making the playoffs was going to Philly and going against this damn good Eagles team. And we edged them out, um, came out on top, and that, that game, I think, ended up being the catalyst for the Packers' Super Bowl run. Um, they, the next week, they beat the Falcons. Um, they destroyed the Vikings. Um, and then they got past the Bears, um, and then we beat a really good stiller team in the Super Bowl uh, to win Super Bowl forty five. A great memory, man, and that's... And Wild Card Weekend was really the, the genesis of it. And it kind of really just <clears throat> catapulted us, uh, gave us, helped give us the momentum we needed, what they needed. I keep saying we like I'm out there on the fucking field. And I got, I, I'm, I'm trying to stop that because I'm not a player. I ain't out there. I, I'm just a fan. And it's a difference. So they're out there on the field. We, we fans are in the stands <laughs> where we belong. Another great wild card weekend, and, and I think this is my favorite one as a Packer fan. Was um, God, I get the year mixed up all the time. I'm I think it's either '93 or '94. I but think it's '94. I think it was the '94 playoff. Uh, it was Brad Favre's first playoff game, and it was against the Lions uh, on the road in the Silver Dome. And the Silver Dome was always a fucking house of horror for Brad for. for uh, Almost called Brett Hart <laughs> but Brett Favre. Uh, it was a fucking house of horrors. Uh, I can't remember a single good game that Brett Favre had in the Silver Dome. For whatever reason, he it was just it was just that one place. Every player in every team just has that one place or or that one team they just they just don't match up with or they just don't play well against. And for whatever reason. The Silver Dome was that place for Brett Favre, uh, but uh, I remember this play in particular. It's the fourth quarter, it's the game on the line. Favre was trying to lead a game-winning drive. You know, this is like young Favre, like one or two years in, and you know, this Favre was running around like with his head cut off um, and driving Mike Holgrim insane <laughs> in the process. Uh, but anyway, Brett Favre was like scrambled out of the pocket. He's going left toward the sideline. And then all of a sudden, he points downfield. And then he just throws that bitch across his body uh, to Sterling Sharp, who's on the other side of the field on the right-hand side. So so Brett threw this ball from the left side of the field all the way across the field to the right side of the field. And this shit had to be about a good 50, 60-yard bomb uh, with air. Um and Brett hit him in stride, and in the end zone, and Sterling ran right up under it, and um, and we the Packers ended up winning the game. And I believe the very next weekend, we we got our asses kicked by the Cowboys. But uh, I'll never forget that moment because, to me as a fan, it just signaled, all right. We 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 on the rise now. You know, we, we got a we got a good we got a young quarterback with potential. We got a good coach and Holgram. Uh you know, Reggie White coming over uh to Philly made a, from Philly to, to Green Bay made a, a world of difference and I always uh give Reggie White and Mike Holgram the most credit along with Ron Wolf. Those three guys for for turning the Green Bay Packers around as, as rapidly as they did uh, under the leadership and guidance of Holgram over the excellent drafting of Ron Wolf and, and the management staff. And then Reggie White, what he meant to the organization at the time to be able to sign a, a, a free agent of his caliber. And this is like Reggie White. This is to me, this is the second great, greatest defensive player ever. Uh, and and. In his prime, in his apex, and him coming to Green Bay where you know no big time free agents went, uh, it changed. The, it helped change the entire fortunes of the franchise. So much respect to Reggie White, unlimited respect to Mike Holmgren and, and Ron Wolf. Um, but yeah, that. Um, but those are my favorite wild card memories as a Packer fan. Uh, Now, I'm going to get to these playoff games real quick. I'm going to start off with Bengals and Ravens. I ain't going to go deep into this at all. I think Bengals is playing the best team. Uh, They're playing the best out of any team in the AFC right now. Uh, And I think for obvious reasons. um, Ravens, no Lamar, no chance. Next, Jags versus Chargers. Um, I think these teams are basically about the same. I give the Chargers the edge because I think they, they have the better quarterback. Um, I mean, obviously. Uh, and I think this is going to come down to like a one-drive type of situation. And and I, 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 I just – it's just more of a gut feeling on this one because, like I said, I think both – I think they're basically both the same damn team. Um, but I just think – I, I I just got a gut feeling about the charges in this one. If that makes any sense, sometimes I just go with my gut, man, with with not much of an explanation. Um, next, um, I'm just gonna go through this one real quick. Bills versus Dolphins. No tour, just like Lamar. No no Lamar. No win. No tour. No chance. Uh, I got the Bills in this, and I think the Bills are gonna win by two scores. As um as as You know, the Bills not exactly playing their best football, Um, but I think with the DeMar Hamlin thing, um, you know, his situation, and I think the way those type of situations, you know, they can either break a team or galvanize a team. And I think in that case, it would really galvanize Buffalo or give them that emotional edge that they need. And not that they need to get past the Dolphins, but I think going forward uh, because this is a Super Bowl, a bus. For them without question. Yeah. You know, Super Bowl or Buzz. So uh I expect uh the Bills to win this game. I also expect uh, the 49ers to take care of business against the Seahawks. Um, I think the Seahawks are heading in a great direction. Uh Geno's a stud. Um I, I, they got a number of weapons offensively, but uh, until they get their defense together, they can't compete uh, seriously with a team like the 49ers. I think the 49ers are the team that's going to go to the Super Bowl. And it's going to upset the Eagles, assuming that the Eagles are, are in the, uh, assuming that they face the Eagles down the road. But I think uh, the 49ers are, are the team to beat in the NFC. Even with uh, a rookie quarterback, it's just the way they run their offense. That is a champion. That is a proven championship offense. Going back to Cal Shanahan's dad, Mike. It's the same damn thing. He, Mike was running. The only difference is Cal just does a little bit more motion and shit like that. But at his heart, it's about running the football, toughness, play action, passing. You know, those are recipes for wins. And. Recipes for championships. So I'm going with the 49ers right there. <clears throat> Tampa Bay versus the Cowboys. Um, I'm going to – this is history versus history. Uh, history for the Bucks. meaning, you know, Tom Brady. We know Tom Brady. You know, you can get the Bucks wins this year. Five of the eight wins are comeback wins from the fourth quarter. So, you know, as inconsistent as everything has been around Brady – with the offensive line and injuries, along with the receivers and their inconsistency, and no running game at all to speak of, uh, yeah, all this thing is going around. Yet Brady is still able to, you know, have the greatness to be able to lead, lead these, 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 lead the Bucks back from these games, um, and because of that, and because we've seen Brady do it so many times. Um, you know, it's it's hard to pick up with the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys are the better team. And then they should win this game uh, going away. But the problem is, it's the Cowboys and the Cowboys, just like Brady, they have a history, too. They have a history of not getting it done when it matters, uh, particularly in the playoffs. And they have a history of imploding in the playoffs and you know, and big part of those implosions is turnovers. You look at Dak Prescott this year. I mean, fifteen turnovers, um, inconsistent play. And as good as Dak is, I think back, Dak would be best suited as a game manager in an offense kind of built around thirty-five plus times a game. And because you know, and I think that will reduce the turnovers. And and I've always felt that Dak would. Is, is more of a game manager than, like, you know, like the classic, you know, that guy that's, that's just going to put an offense on his shoulder all the time and, and and win games because, you know, you look at game management, you know, being a game manager is part of being a quarterback. that's It's all the same, decision-making, you know, just like, you know, you know, we don't consider Aaron Rodgers a game manager because, you know, he's going out here throwing all these passes and all these yards. But at the same time, in the process, he still has to manage the game. He still has to be conscious of, you know, where things are, like first down sticks and shit like that. Um, the same way a game manager would, he still has to be conscious. Aaron Rodgers would be, for example, about where he's throwing the football and 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 things of that nature, just like, a game manager would would have to be. So I think it's all the same thing. Uh, you put a good team around majority of these quarterbacks, man, and they're gonna you're gonna be able to win a Super Bowl and compete for a Super Bowl with them. Yeah. Um, but um, I just look at. Um, you know Dallas would be better off running the ball, and I even when you look at the receivers, as good as CD Lamb is, and I love CD Lamb. Um, you know I don't think the Dallas Cowboys have a bona fide number two next to them. and I think when 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 you don't have like great, I wouldn't classify Dallas as having like great weapons, and when you don't have great weapons. As In the receiving game That's all the more reason to run the fucking football You can look at the Dallas Cowboys You can look at Pollard and Zeke together Um, You know, that's close to You know, that's like 1,900 yards Right there And, you know, Dallas doesn't really run the ball much Either Uh, So, you know, go back to these running between Zeke and Pollard For a second, I mean, that's like 1,800 yards You know, we talking about Over, you know, 20 TDs Between with both of them and, and then that's not even including the catches out the backfield and what they both could do in the receiving game. So it's like all the more reason uh, to run the football and play to the strength of your team, which I think the strength of their team at this point is their defense, uh, their pass rush in particular. Uh, I think Dallas can really get out to the passer. And that's a recipe for disaster for the Bucs. Like I said before, all things considering, the Cowboys should win this. But because of history, you know, the accident waiting to happen, how they tend to fall apart, are, um, you know, I can understand why people was going Tampa. But I think I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to go with Dallas, man. Fuck it. I'm going to go with Dallas, you know. Um, I'm going to go with my... My football head, not my gut. And my, my, my head tells me to go with Dallas. And, and I think Dallas, um, like the 49ers, who I talked about earlier, Dallas is one of those teams that can definitely go on a run. You know, the talent is there. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy, um, you know, from whatever I'm hearing, uh, his his job should definitely not be in danger after, like, three seasons, two playoff appearances. Um, so, um, I think Mike McCarthy is a hell of a choice. He's doing a hell of a job. Uh, I think if the Dallas Cowboys ever do commit to the run game, uh, they're going to be dangerous with their defense. All right. So, all right. So, let me just go through the winners, through my picks again. I got Bills, Bengals, I got the Cowboys, I got the 49ers all advancing. Alright, so I'm going to take a quick break I got to get some water in my throat I'm recording this podcast from work I got to do a little bit of work real quick So I'm going to be right back And I'm going to give my eulogy for the 2022 Green Bay Packers Dex, Welcome back y'all I'm such a wrestling fan. Um, I'm actually watching the replay of the Packer line game, and you know it's down to the, our last possession of the game. You know the interception, yada yada yada. Y'all know what happened by now. Uh, but uh, as 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 I'm watching this play unfold, uh, I'm I, I'm just I'm thinking back to under to uh, Diesel versus Bret Hart uh, in. Uh, cage match for the WWF title in the in the February In Your House pay-per-view. The, uh, this was right before Mania 12. Uh, but it's popping in my mind because, you know, um, Diesel lays out Bret Hart in the middle of the ring. Looks like Diesel's about to just cakewalk out the cage and win this championship. And all of a sudden, The Undertaker busts out from underneath the ring uh, and all you see is half his body and hair, and then a long ass arm that stand out and grab Diesel by the leg and drag him down underneath the ring with him. And and then after that, you just see a, a cloud of smoke that whoosh, just just come up from out of the hole. And that reminded me, just you know, remembering that remind you know it actually reminded me what the fucking lions you know just did to us that's basically what the lions did did to the green bay packers you know we were we were diesel man you know we were we were getting ready to win win the game go to the playoffs all that shit and just like the undertaker did the lions just fucking bust out from underneath the fucking ring or underneath the fucking frozen tundra and just snatched our asses down into the darkness with them And and that's what that reminded me of When I'm watching this game I'm such a fucking wrestling dirt, uh, dork But uh, anyway man About to put the finishing touches On the 2022 Green Bay Packers season A couple of episodes ago On this very podcast uh, I gave my thoughts and opinions On the Packers uh, What they need to do better you know, Why they were the definition of average And why it was the worst Packer offense that I could remember seeing as a fan of the team, you know, since the since the very beginning of like the Holmgren era. Um, and I also predicted too that the Packers would get it together and finish out the season res- respectable, and that's what they did. Um, you know, you could come in from where they were at the time I record the podcast. Um, you know, this this podcast where I originally, you know, midseason, whatever. But um, at the time, they were like four and eight, five and eight. Um, it was just looking bad. And, you know, they got shit together enough to make a run. And, you know, um, the defense played a little better. The play calling defensively um, definitely improved to... My liking, it was a lot more. It was a little more, more man-to-man defense that, you know, (laughs) I have been pleading for (laughs) and begging for, (laughs) and I think a lot of us as Packer fans have been like pleading and begging for. uh, So we finally got it, got a little bit of it, uh, and and we saw the results versus Minnesota, like uh, uh, what Zaire is capable of doing, like man-to-man. Um, you know, this is one of the better cornerbacks in the league. And he took out, you know, Justin Jefferson, who was putting up the, the best numbers in the league. And he just shut him completely down and shut him down to the point where he affected his performance weeks after. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what we, that's what I wanted as a Packer fan. Just a little bit more man to man. And that's what they gave me, you know, during this little winning streak. Um, You know, ultimately it came to an end against the Lions and the Lions snatched us down into the darkness with them. Uh, But overall, um, I think as a fan of the team, uh, you have to be, you know, proud of of their performance. You have to be proud of the effort. Um, Offensively, yeah, we definitely got a long way to go, especially on this end. Uh, defensively uh they have a ways to go as well but the but but the 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 seeds are there you know the building blocks are there man and, you know a, a player or two here or there um and we're right back in the thick of things um, offensively you know our problems offensively um, was just inconsistency inexperience at at the wide receiver position. And then we also uh, had some inconsistencies up front, which was kind of rare for us uh, and along the offensive line. Uh, you know, AR, obviously, man, you know, man was playing banged up. It's kind of hard. I would imagine it's hard to throw the ball with consistent accuracy and velocity with a broken thumb if you can barely grip it. Uh, and that was the case for Ar. And then his hand, in general, on his throwing hand, was all mangled. And um, for him to finish the season, um, I thought was a testament to his toughness and, you know, mental toughness as well. Because I think at, at you know midway during the season, this shit could have went left even more. You know, the the he you know Rogers could have got. You know, even more vocal, you know, could throw a lot of more people under the bus, all that type of shit. You know, it could have got really ugly. A team could have quit. The defense could have just quit. Um, But they didn't. They rallied. They got shit together enough. And I think AR's leadership um, is a a big part of that. It's definitely a big part of that. I think when Aaron Rodgers is, is healthier, when he ain't got a messed up hand and not, you know, messed up ribs, I still think he's a top five caliber quarterback. You don't lose the ability that he have, uh, that that giving given talent with with that arm. That shit just don't fall off in just a few months after the season. Come on, man. Nah, um, that shit don't fall off unless they're like unless injuries is is involved. Or like some crazy outside circumstances are involved, um, but otherwise, when Aaron Rodgers is healthy, uh, he's still a top five guy. Uh, whether or not next season he will be, you know, our quarterback here in Green Bay, uh, that that's something. That's something else. Uh, that's something else. Um, but you know, overall, AR twenty six touchdowns, twelve interceptions, thirty six over 3600 yards passing all things considered like I said I, I think he had not an exceptional year um I think this was for it may have been the worst year of his career statistically but in terms of like I think from a leadership standpoint I think um, I think he grew a lot man. I think he threw a lot. I'm I'm really proud to have Aaron Rodgers as our quarterback here in Green Bay uh, forever, forever. How long that may be. Um, our running game, top notch, one of the best in the league. Aaron Jones career year, over 1100 yards. Man caught 56 passes. He's probably our best. Rec- He's probably our second best receiver at this point. Uh, so, but that says that we need to definitely continue to improve the wide receiver position, and I'm gonna touch on that in a moment. Uh, you got AJ Dillon, um, nice one-two punch, uh, seven hundred over seven hundred yards himself. Um, you know, also caught about twenty-eight passes too. Nice soft hands for a big guy. So. Uh, really, a big fan of his. Um, our running game—we're gonna—we're gonna be able to run the ball on most teams, if not in every team in the league. Um, so, uh, whether or not it's Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love or whoever else the quarterback is, they're gonna be in good shape because I always felt like the best friend of a quarterback is the O line and the running game. One and two, uh, they go hand in hand. You gotta protect the quarterback. Uh, and then you got to be able to run the ball, too, with a younger quarterback uh, to be able to protect them, to be able to make things easier for them, to be able to help them you know, read the coverage is easier. So. Um, all right, so I'm going to go to our receiver position. Um, our running game is, is, is outstanding. There's no need to even touch on that. Uh, the receiver position, this is like the weakness of our team. Um, and so much potential uh with our receivers. Um I'm very, very excited about uh, the future of this of these receiving core. Um obviously we know about Christian Watson came on second half of the season like like a like, like a dude, man, like like a top he has top five receiver potential. Uh his speed is something that uh, we haven't seen in Green Bay for a very, very long time. Uh, he can be a game breaker, like down the field. I, you know, uh, haven't seen anybody that can run with this dude down the field yet. Uh, once he started catching the ball, um, it was it's it's over. I expect about twelve or thirteen hundred yards at least from Christian Watson next year, regardless of whoever our quarterback is. Uh, I like Dobbs as well. Um, still has a lot of room for growth. Uh, gotta learn to locate the ball better, but overall, man, I can get him. I think that's our number two for for Christian Watson right there. um You know, and the thing about Dobbs is, you know, as as with everything, the inconsistencies, you know, wrong place, wrong time sometimes, but he still has the ability still to get down the field and beat guys. You know, he was, he got open. He has that ability to get open, as we see. It's just a matter of him catching the ball, and that's going to come. I'm not worried about that. Um, Alan Lazard um, will be an outstanding number three. Definitely not a number one, as we know, uh, but as a number three receiver, you're in great shape. And, you know, I will hope that Cobb comes back. I'm not sure if he's going to retire or not uh, or move on. Uh, but definitely, uh, I would love to have Randall Cobb back, you know, to help mentor this group, uh, be the veteran in the room and really help, you know, progress these receivers along, uh, along faster. Um, to Robert Tundrum, I like him, but I think I would love a more explosive uh, tight end, you know, that can get down on the field. We haven't really had that since, you know, Jerry Cook to an extent, but even beyond Jerry, Cook, we haven't had like a uh, an explosive tight end since we had Jermichael Finley, and you know, unfortunately, Jermichael Finley didn't get to play that long and didn't get to reach his peak. But you know, he was that guy for us over the middle that that could that could stretch the field and keep the pressure off the receivers and open up the middle of the field, uh, whether it was deep middle or underneath middle. Um, he could run all the routes man so he was a big physical fast dude and we haven't had that in the middle since and I think that's something that we could could use uh, especially with our receivers being inexperienced and still developing as they are and I also expect the Green Bay Packers to uh, eventually uh, bring in a veteran Uh, I don't know who that veteran receiver is but they're gonna bring in a veteran I think as fans man I think one thing as fans that we should feel comfortable with is the Green Bay Packers and wide receivers. Um, you know, you get the wide receivers that they found over the years, and, you know, and these are like second-round picks. And after, you know, Robert Brooks, Antonio Freeman, uh, Javon Walker, um, you know, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, uh, you know, they found Randall Cobb, uh, and then, you know, Devontae Adams uh, you know, VC. So, I mean, they have, they have receivers, you know, they, they've been able to find receivers and develop them and craft them and, you know, help develop them into like elite level, you know, pro bowl caliber receivers. So, uh, and you know, this isn't just, you know, over like a 10 year stretch. This is like over the past 25 years. And also along with that, you know, as Packer fans, How many bad offensive lines have we had in Green Bay over the last 25 years? I mean, shit, you can't name them. Our offensive lines have always been, you know, good to elite uh, over the past 25 years. Uh, And that's because our franchise values protecting the quarterback above everything else. And rightfully so. Uh, When you have a great, a good to great offensive line and the quarterback can feel comfortable, um, enough to go through their reads, you know, then that's when you got something. That's when they can develop even faster and, you know, make the plays in the passing game. kind of hard to do that if you're lying on your back, uh, unless you're Joe Burrell. Uh So the Packers are going to face their, they're going to improve their O-line. That's in their receiver position. That's without question. Uh, my biggest concern with the Green Bay Packers, even beyond our offense, is what we go do with our defense, uh, because I think the defense, our running game, and our defense is the two strengths of our team, and I think the defense could be good enough to be the strength of our team to be a not a dominant top five caliber defense. But I look at the talent on this on this defense. Ain't no way in hell. Ain't no way in hell this defense should be as average as they are and as average as they've been for most of the season uh there's no way um i think uh i think a part of that you know obviously injuries um losing gary hurts man because gary was our best pass rusher and the man would have been a pro bowler this year but also too i think our scheme um i you know i was clamoring for more man to man you know from you know from 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 minute one this season you know i looked at our secondary we were deep um, I was looking for more, man. I was looking for us to blitz a little bit more. Uh, that has not been the case overall this year. It uh, seems that uh, Coach Barry has a hard on for, for soft zone defense f- for whatever reason, and you know it's even more frustrating because a lot of the times that they would go to soft zone defense on third downs, uh, and you know you can look at the Packers' third down defense defense percentage uh you know on third down their defense on third down they're eighth in the league so I can look at that and that just pisses me off even more I just look at it, imagine if we manned up more on on these third downs and and came after teams a little bit more that eighth could be a little uh, could be a little bit higher and you know those those third downs those could take points off the boards uh points that our defense allowed potentially so um You got to get off the field on third down, man. Third down, well, really, third down is not the most important down in football. It's first down. Uh, But third down, to me, is the second most important down in football, man. You got to be able to convert on third down, and you got to be able to get the fuck off the field defensively on third down. And that's something I think the Packers can do better. I think, um, like I said, I think, I do think I would love for us to add another pass rusher. You you can't have enough pass rushers, in my opinion. I believe in drafting a pass rusher every year, and I believe in drafting a quarterback every year. Um, So um, I think our secondary, uh, more man-to-man is in order. Uh, I think we play more man, our defense will be a little better uh, because I think that's what we're best suited to do. Um, you know, uh, like I said, add another pass rusher. Um, I, I don't think we need to improve at the safety position. But, you know, overall, I just look at our, our defense. The talent is already there, man. You know, they just got to play better and they just got to play more consistent. And I think that along with a, a better, you know, along with a scheme that's more, you know, conducive to, you know, to their talents and just mixing it up, mixing it up a little bit more man in there, uh, I think this defense could definitely be a top nine, top eight type of defense. Uh, And if that's the case, we're in great shape going into next year. Let's say, for example, we got top eight, top nine defense. Uh, Let's say we bring Aaron Rodgers back. We're going to be better at the receiver position. There's no... There's no reason why the Green Bay Packers can't once again be a, a serious contender if, for the Super Bowl uh, for the next two to three years. Especially, like as I said before, I think Aaron Rodgers is still a top five guy when he's healthier. Um, so we're still a contender uh, with Rodgers. Uh, but let's say we start the Jordan Love era. Um, you know, Jordan Love is coming in with an outstanding run game. The offensive line is going to be improved. The receiver position is going to definitely be improved. The Green Bay Packers are going to fix that no matter what. Um, and let's say our defense reaches top eight status. Um, there's no reason with Jordan Love, we the Green Bay Packers shouldn't win 10, 11 games and win this division next year. Um now, the biggest question to me as a Packer fan is, you know, do you start the Jordan Love era now or do you ride with AR for another couple of years? Um, I'm for both, actually, man. I think you know, we ride with AR for a couple of years. Uh, at least we're we're still in contention for Super Bowls right then and there. Um, but I think if we ride with uh, Love, I think there's going to be more of a learning curve. And and I think it's gonna take him maybe another. He's gonna have to get experience, man. He's gonna have to, you know, be able to take his lumps once the defenses adjust to what to his strengths and his weaknesses. You know, so I look at next season as a wash, not as a wash, but you know, next season is, is a season where you know they still win the division at 10 11 games. You know, um, leaning on our running game, leaning on our defense, and allow Jordan Love to develop. Uh, Slowly, and you know, going forward, you know, if we do that, all things fall into place. Now the Green Bay Packers once again have another franchise type of quarterback for the next, you know, ten to fifteen years, and you know, able to hopefully Jordan Love is can ascend to the level where he can, you know, make us, you know, make us question. Who's better, him or Rogers or Favre? You know, I will hope. I hope his. I hope this kid ends up being that good. I hope so. Uh, and you know, one thing about the Green Bay Packers too, over the last twenty five years, they've had great success. Find you know drafting quarterbacks that's moved on to other teams. You know, you could get uh Kurt Warner was a, a he was Green Bay. He was in our camp in Green Bay. Uh, Mark Brunel had success in the league. Aaron Roger, uh Aaron Brooks. Uh, has success in the league. Um, so um, I feel as a fan man, I'm I'ma trust our team. I'm gonna trust how they evaluate things. Uh, that's all we can do as a fan is just hope for the best. We know at the very least, you know, the Green Bay Packers are gonna be a they're gonna be a a, a respectable team. They're gonna be a team that that's gonna challenge for the playoffs at the very least. So um, as a fan, as a Green Bay Packer fan, I eat, sleep, shit cheese. Um, so I'm going to support this team. I'm going to ride with the green and go regardless of who the quarterback is, as I've always have. Uh, I'm looking forward to the future with the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, this was a disappointing season, uh, but it was also a rewarding season. It's also the the season is also a season where, we, where our, uh, us as fans, we found out a lot about you know the players on that field you know the heart and their professionalism and as a fan you can be all you can be is just uh proud of the squad for not tanking and not for not packing it in so all right y'all i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna close this show out man y'all enjoy the wild card games this weekend once again the one of the best weekends of football wild card weekend That's it for the Green Bay Packers 2022 season. And that's it for me on this episode of the Mid-Range Game Podcast. I'm Defense 1033 I'm going to hit y'all up next time. Peace.